Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, praise the name. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I've discovered, I've discovered that if I cry and complain and feel sorry for myself, the devil, all he does, all that does is encourage the devil. All that does is let the devil know that he's winning but if you could praise him I said if you can praise him that's why he had a back off of Job Job said the Lord gave and he took away I still bless his name hallelujah hallelujah can you turn to your neighbor and say neighbor you need a hallelujah anyhow Amen. Amen. You need a hallelujah. Hallelujah. Share that about cutting. Yeah. And you know what will really intimidate the devil? Is when you go into the place where he is attacking you and praise him right there. You didn't hear what I'm saying. If he's attacking you in your home, praise him right there. If he's attacking you on your job, praise him right there. Wherever you bring the, bring the fight, that was the prophetic word, bring the fight to the devil. Amen. 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 Mm. I tell you, I feel, things may not be better, but I feel better. Amen. Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. We have a lot to accomplish this week. This is Holy Week. Amen. This is a great week for us as believers. So study, amplified version, so study and do your best to present yourself to God, approved a workman, tested by trial. Anybody here tested by trial? Okay, only three of us. Anybody tested by trial? Tested by trial. Who has no reason to be ashamed? accurately handling the contemporary English Bible says interpreting and skillfully teaching the word of truth. This is the amplified version. Matthew chapter 21 verses 1 to 9 reading from the new international version. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And at once, you will find a donkey tied there with her colt, that is her baby, by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone asks or if anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them. And he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey. And on a coat, the foal of a donkey. 
The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the coat and placed their cloaks, that is their coats, on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna to the son of David. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. I, I want to speak to you uh, continuing our lessons on doctrine, uh, particularly the doctrine of scripture. And I want to speak to you on a subject lost in translation. Lost in translation. We said that there are four parts to the doctrine of scripture. Uh, and again, we said that the word doctrine means to teach or teaching. It means instruction. And it also means education. And what, what I want to encourage you, the fact that that uh, as we teach doctrine, we're trying to give you instruction. Are you following me? Instruction, instruction. In other words, we want to put a structure within you. We want to put structure within you so that when the enemy attacks you, you have a structure. You have a superstructure within you so that when the winds blow, they don't blow you over. Amen. And we, are, we started out with the doctrine of the scripture. Next week, we're going to be starting the doctrine of God. And we said that there are four parts to the doctrine of scripture. There is revelation. There is inspiration. There is illumination. And today, we're going to talk about interpretation. So, revelation is the receiving or the discovery of truth. Revelation is the receiving of truth. And if you remember, we said that, that revelation means, if you could hold this for me just for a moment, sir. So, we talked about revelation meaning to discover, to remove the cover. And as you see, there's nothing here, which means that when we try to discover the things of God, he's, we, no, in other words, Sorry, when the 29, uh, 28 Old Testament writers and the nine New Testament writers tried to, if they were to try to discover the revelation of God on their own, they would find nothing. You need the hand of God to reveal himself, okay? And so, again, we want to remind you that these men who wrote the scripture, they got a revelation from God. They received truth from God. Secondly, inspiration. Inspiration is the recording of the truth. So revelation is they received the truth. Moses went up the, on the mount. He received the truth called the Ten Commandments. Are you with me? And then inspiration, he recorded the truth. That is, he communicated. He was now able to communicate the truth to the people. And we said, um, we used this uh, black binder where Moses went up. He recorded what God said, and he brings it back to the people of God in the form of what? The Ten Commandments. We can trust that the Bible is God's word. 
Okay, we can trust that. There is no, we could, you know, if you want to debate somebody about that, then go and waste your time. Okay. I am not trying to prove that the word of God is true. I know it is. I don't have to, I'm not trying to prove that God is real. I know he's real. Illumination is, revelation is receiving the truth. Inspiration is recording the truth. Illumination is recognizing the truth. In other words, what happened is that after Moses discovered what God was saying, and then he recorded what God was saying, he brought it down to the people of Israel. Are you following me so far? And as he brought it down to them, then as they read it, they were illuminated. Are you following me? They were illuminated. In other words, they recognized that it was God. So the point I'm saying here, again, the theological term here is that, that when we say, I got a revelation from God, we theologically, we didn't get a revelation, we got an illumination. Are you following me? And what we're saying is that the word "illume" it speaks of glowing. And remember, I had this watch on, and it, it would have been... Wonderful if you could have saw the second service because, uh, again, when you look at a thing that glows, it doesn't start glowing until the light hits it for a while. Then after the light is removed, then it will glow in the dark. And so what God is saying is that if we would, if we would meditate in this word, that's what, that's what uh, David said in Psalm chapter 1. If you meditate in this word day and night, the word is a lamp and a light. What happens is that the more you meditate on the word, the more the light starts to hit you. And like this watch, the light will, you will hold enough light so that when you go out into your dark world, you will glow in the dark. And that's how men will see what? Your good works. And they'll give the glory to God. They'll see your good works and not say, well, you're a social worker. They'll see your good works and not say you're just a nice person. They'll see your good works, your God works, and give glory to God. That's why it is so important. The thing that the, there's two things that the devil will just fight you and fight you and fight you about. Number one, he'll fight you about prayer. It's amazing how you have, how, I'm not talking about you, how I have so much time to do everything else, but when I want to pray, all of a sudden, it's just a struggle. It's just a battle. He will fight you over prayer, and he will fight you over the word. The more we spend time in God, the more we will glow out the things that we find in the word. There's a saying, association brings a simulation. The more I associate with the word, the more I will reflect the word. The more I will be similar to the word. Are you following me so far? Good. And now we're going to talk about in, uh, interpretation. Revelation is the receiving of the truth. Inspiration was how they recorded the truth. Illumination is recognizing the truth. Interpretation is relating, that is, the explaining of the truth. The word interpret 
uh, has four definitions, and I use the acronym MEET, meaning that the only way I can relate to somebody is if I meet them. And interpretation, uh, I use this acronym for interpretation. That is, it means meaning. It means explain. It means to express. And it means to translate. Again, interpret means to, it means to give meaning, to explain, to express, to translate. Are you following me so far? Okay, let's have some fun here. Let's have some fun. Uh, let me see. I need, let me see if I can borrow somebody. Don't have a heart attack, folks. Uh, uh, I'm going to borrow this gentleman right here. Okay, you can say you can just stay, sit there, and could could you put up, could you put up the next symbol on the screen? Okay, do you know what that symbol is, sir? Yeah, I'm no, huh? Something from Harvard. Let me bring this back up to you. Actually, why don't you come out here? I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do it. Well, well how do you know something from Harvard? Isn't that did nothing? yourself. Just looks like the symbol. It looks like it looks like the symbol? Yeah. Okay, so you're assuming that it's Harvard. I'm assuming, yeah. I'm assuming. So now the next question is what does it say? Can you read it? <laughs> Ver Veritas. Look, 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 look. There must be somebody from Harvard. Keep your mouth quiet. Messing up my sermon. <laughs> Veritas? Yes. Okay, do you know, you know what that means? No, I don't. Okay, you don't know what it means? So if you don't know what that means, then I guess we really can't help you. Why not? Because if you don't know what it means, then it's not going to have an impact on you, correct? No, but I still would like to know what it means. Oh, good, good. So you would like to know what it means. But you don't know what it means. No, I don't. Okay. Um, well, let's try this. Uh, is it at least, is it Spanish? Is it French? Is it Russian? Is it English? What is it? Looks like English. Okay, looks like English. Looks like English. So what if I told you that it wasn't English? Got you on that one. So I'm going to help you. Okay. I'm going to help you. Okay. So uh, it is not English. It's not English. No. It is Latin. Okay. So I'm going to help you by giving you, what's that? A dictionary. What, what kind of dictionary? Latin and English. Okay. So what I'm going to ask you to do is, can you read that? I know that might be small. I should have got up there. Yep. Can you read that? It says, is that, what, is that the same word? Yes, it is. Oh, veritas. Yes, sir. So why don't, you tell, why don't you tell the folks what veritas means? It means truth, truthfulness, real, real life, reality, honesty, integrity. Okay, thank you. And correctness. Oh, oh what? And correctness. And correctness. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. 
In other words, if he didn't have the interpretation of that, all he would say is Harvard. How many of you didn't know that that symbol, those, that, those words, that one word, veritas, is really one word, that it means not simply truth, but it means truthfulness, real life, honesty, correctness. How many didn't know that? Raise your hand. Now, this is deep. This is deep. Oh, my God. This is deep. This is deep. Help us, Jesus. Do you realize that that is not the original symbol of Harvard? And as a matter of fact, help Jesus. Harvard dropped the dropped three words from this. In the 1600s, it really, the full term was veritas et Christo ecclesiae, which means, help Jesus, which means truth for Christ in the church. The original symbol was truth for Christ in the church. Selah. We're not going to camp there. But the point is, is that we need a translation we need an interpretation so that we can relate. I wish I had a camera when I said to you the full extent of that. All of a sudden, your eyes went, because <gasps> you can relate with the fact that Harvard is so far from what I just said. If someone just comes from this country and you're talking about somebody you like, and all of a sudden you say, oh, he's a bad man. The person will look at you like, but I thought you liked them. No, 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 no. And in American slang, bad means good. Oh. I remember I was, I was, I was checking out this, this young lady back no, when I was younger, younger, like in my 20s before I was married. And I was checking out this young, you have to say that sometimes, you know, you have to say that sometimes. Okay, okay. Okay. It's a shame now I got to present myself as the bishop of one wife, you know, I got to do uh, So anyways, getting back to my sermon. And, and how many of you ever used the term, you ain't even right? And you, and you say it jokingly? Anybody want to talk about? Someone says something, you say, man, you ain't right. Well, I, 
I saw this young lady and, and we were talking and, you know, we were kicking it and she was saying some funny things. I said, you ain't even right. <laughs> Girl, you ain't even right. All of a sudden her face changed. <laughs> you don't even know me. I mean, the neck was going back and forth and, and I'm like, why is she upset? She's like, you, how can you tell me I'm not, you don't even know me. And I realized my compliment of trying to get over was lost. In translation, I wish I could go back and say, really, I was actually complimenting you. Some of you are quiet because you've said things that were lost in translation. A word. In fact, I'll digress for 30 seconds just for the single man. When your wife says to you, how do I look in this? <laughs> Say, Holy Ghost, what is the right interpretation? <laughs> 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 <sighs> <sighs> there are three keys to interpreting. The Bible, there are three keys. Number one, three keys to interpreting the Bible. Number one, you have to have a good Bible translation. Uh, the three that we recommend, and I don't have time to go into this, and we, we use a lot of translations, and there are a number of categories of, of translations. There are literal translations, and, and these literal translations are the one we recommend, sort of uh, the New Living Sorry, the, the New International Version, the uh, ESV, which is the English Standard Version, or the New King James Version. Those are three that we would recommend as literal translations. But there are other translations that you, you know, know that you can have along with these that are more uh, paraphrased, so to speak, like the New Living Translation, uh, the the Good News Translation, the Voice. But anyways, you'll learn more about that when you go to Bible class on Wednesday night and uh, Saturday mornings. Praise the Lord. Uh, then there's, so you need good Bible translation. You also, secondly, you need good exegesis, which is not spelled X. X a Jesus. <laughs> no, we're not trying to mark out Jesus. It is, but that's how it's pronounced. Exegesis. E-X-E-G-E-S-I-S. And one of the books I would recommend you get that I got long before I was even a pastor or a minister, but I really thought this book was excellent, and it's called How to Read the Bible for All It's Worth by Gordon Fee. He's a professor, or was a professor at Gordon's uh, Theological Seminary. It is probably one of the best books on how to read the Bible properly that you will find very easy to read. But uh, Dr. Fee says these words. He says... Um, um, exegesis is the careful, systematic study of Scripture. Paul says to me, Timothy, study to show yourself approved. It is the careful, systematic study. Systematic study. Systematic means like you're, you're going, you know, Elder Roy goes to Gordon right now. You're going through it with a system. Okay? It's not, I'm going to wake up in the morning and, oh, oh. Oh, the Lord is speaking to me. It says, 
and Judas killed himself. Okay, let me hear another word. And likewise do ye. No, 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 you can't, you can't be throwing up the Bible. You can't be leave me, Holy Spirit. I know you want to be deep. I know you want. Oh, I'm at the end of a 21-day consecration. Holy Spirit. Systematically. What word do you see in the word systematic? Systematically. Going through. It is a systematic study of scripture to discover the original intended meaning. The original intended meaning. What, let me read, so I call a few of my colleagues, and uh, this one, I love this one, I, Pastor Jeremy Battles, uh, pastor of Western Ave Baptist Church, I asked him, I said, well, no, give me a layman's explanation for the word exegesis, and he said, it's a verse by verse, close reading, and clarifying of scripture and its most original meaning, purpose, history, setting, and audience. Scripture was written for someone with a very specific purpose. In other words, you can't take the Bible and make it into, you can't take time that took place before Christ and make it into a 21st and read it with a 21st century mind. Okay. Or else you'll be mad at Paul when he talks about slaves. Some of you went, "Hmm, okay, okay. So you have to say, what did this writer mean when he was writing at that specific time. Who was he writing to? What was going on at that time? For example, there's a scripture. Is it Psalm? I always get it mixed up. It's either Psalm 126 or Psalms 137. I always get it mixed up. When it says, by the rivers of Babylon. Okay, that, Psalm 126. We, at the rivers of Babylon, we wept. And, and, and our enemies said, How? Uh, sing one of those songs of Zion. And he says, how can we sing the song of the Lord in a strange land? Well, if you know the historical context, you know, number one, that it was a time when Babylon came in and wiped out the temple. Are you following me? Wiped out Jerusalem and brought Daniel and, and Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego and brought them all to Babylon. And now it's like, okay, why don't you sing the songs of the Lord in a strain? And they said, how can we sing the songs of the Lord? How can we sing worship when we have been taken away from our land? Are you following me so far? The other thing you'll notice is that, well, why are they singing by a river? Well, the singing by a river is because back in those days, uh, it was understood that if there, if you were away from your uh, uh, land, you, you would, you would, you would, you would pray because you didn't have a temple to pray at. You would pray at a river. So 
even, even when Paul was traveling, everybody follow me so far? Even when Paul was traveling, you will find that when Paul went into a city, if he did not find a synagogue, a synagogue, that meant that there wasn't enough Jewish families in that city to have their own place of worship, the next place he went is to a river because he knew that at the times of prayer, if he went to the river, there would be some Jewish people there. See, so there's some context that you need to know in order to understand this book that we call the book of our life. And then there's hermeneutics. And hermeneutics is named after my father, Herman Green. Only kidding. Just trying to shake you up there. Hermeneutics means to seek contemporary relevance that is application of the ancient text. In other words, Dr. Fee says, what does the scripture mean to us right now. I t spoke with another colleague, uh, uh, Pastor Ellis Washington. He's a pastor of St. Paul Amy Church. And I asked him, hey, could you give me, uh, you know, he teaches, I believe, at uh, Andover uh, Theological Seminary. And I asked him, could you give me a layman's expl explanation of hermeneutics? And he said, uh, it is a consistent way, a lens of applying what we drew out of the scripture. So everybody approaches the scripture with a certain lens. Okay, H how does this apply to me now? So, so again, when you interpreted the scriptures, you first say, what does it say? So for example, uh, my brother there, he, he interpreted this symbol, okay? And the symbol said truth. You follow me? So that was, that was exegesis, exegesis. Thank you, Jesus. Exegesis. And then hermeneutics was, well, how does that apply to me today? Well, it's Harvard. Are you following me so far? So let me close with this point. In our text, because it is, it is, uh, thank you, Jesus. It is uh, Palm Sunday, and I want to say this, give me five minutes, and then we're going to let the, uh, the, the Sunday school students and teachers go, and we will, we're going to finish this up on Tuesday evening, because we're going to rebuke the snow, and, and, and also uh, Friday morning, as we conclude the consecration. And I really believe the Lord will give me revelation on further revelation that is really going to bless us and bring breakthrough. Jesus is riding into the city of Jerusalem on a donkey. Okay. The exegesis of this, meaning how do people understand this seen in 1 AD. Well, not 1 AD. More like 29 AD. My name is, how, how, how do they understand this? Who is Matthew writing to? The Jews. Anybody follow me so far? This is going to help you. But the scene here is understood not simply by the Jews, but everybody around. It's understood by the Romans who are actually occupying the, the Jews' Palestinian occup occupation, 
this, this is what's going on here. They live in Palestine and they're being occupied by the Jews, by, by, by the Romans. That's why they had to ask Pilate for, position, for permission to kill Jesus. Even though they wanted to kill him, they had to ask Pilate for permission because the Romans were ruling him. Are you following me so far? The culture, though, the predominant culture it, during this time was the Greek culture. Are you with me so far? And if you watch you know, shows like, uh, which is one, one show, one movie that, that, that every man loves, well, most men love, is, is Gladiators. I mean, some of them are like, yeah. And, and so, uh, so, and what happens is that when, when the emperor or a general rode into a city or through a city, he was riding through basically saying, I have either come from war, I am going to war. And when I, and going to war meant, or coming from, going to war or coming to war meant that I either, I am either going to secure peace. Are you track with me? Are you hang with me? I am either going to secure peace. Or I have already secured peace. Meaning, I've either won or I'm going to win. And the people are cheering, and watch this, and I am going to secure peace with blood on my hands. And the blood that's on my hands is going to be the blood of the enemy. So I'm riding in like, Either I'm riding in saying, you know, I kicked some blessed assurance and here's the blood to prove it. Or I'm going to kick some blessed assurance and I'll come back with blood on my hands. Are you with me so far? The brothers are like, yeah, I like that one. Okay, now, so everybody understood that. So when Jesus is riding into Jerusalem, again, exegesis, the, 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 the uh, Jews are saying he they they didn't say hail the messiah they didn't say hail the prophet they mm, they said hail son of david because david (laughs) was so bad that they said you know what god said you so bad you 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 have jacked up so many of your enemies you have so much blood on your hands that I can't even let you build my temple. So they understood that when Jesus came riding into Jerusalem, they're like, get the Romans, get those Romans, get those Romans. Hosanna. Hosanna's like, Hosanna, Hosanna. But no, Hosanna meant, meant save us now. Get them! Avengers! Have you see? You don't understand this unless you had either Big Brother or or some homeboy friends. You know, you you get picked on, people messing with you, and you go back to your boys and say, "Yo, man, what happened to you, man? These guys jumped me." And now, when you come back with your boys. And they're like, and I remember, they're like, is this the one? Yeah! Avenge me! 
everybody in his family. Beat the dog. Beat, beat the cockroaches. Beat everybody. Hosanna. Save us now. Come on, folks. You're not... Well, you know, now blessed are the merciful. No, no, you want, you want revenge. Even now you're like, forgive me later, but jack them up now. Can I get a witness out there? Come on. And that's how they were feeling. You're the son of David. Get those Romans. Wipe them out. Restore the, t- I mean, he, they're, they're like, again, that's exegesis. But Jesus was like, no, 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 no. We're going to give you little hermeneutics. And I'll close with this. First of all, I'm not riding in the city with a horse. That's a bad word right there. Because if I was riding in the city with a horse, that means I am going to secure peace with war because the horse was the symbol of war that mm, that's why you don't see any donkeys in revelation (laughs) because in revelation god ain't playing he's riding with a donkey which is an instrument of peace and what he's saying to you, you all got it wrong. This is how it applies to you right now. I am going to secure peace, not with the blood on my hands of my enemies. I'm going to secure peace with the blood of my hands, which is my own blood. My own blood. I'm going to, I'm going to beat the enemy with my own blood. Hallelujah. Let's all stand. We're going to let the Sunday school students go and the teachers. I'm securing your peace. I'm securing your peace with my blood on my hands. And I want to encourage you. On Tuesday, I'm going to talk to you about the blood and how to appropriate the blood. If you get an opportunity, remember we're talking about when you meditate on the word, it'll start to shine in your heart. Meditate on Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews chapter 9, if I can borrow you, Elder Roy, this is the power of Hebrews chapter 9. I want you can just grab my hand. This way, okay. Hebrews chapter 9 says this. That the blood of Jesus. Are you following me? Sets my conscience free. From dead works. So that I can serve the living God. The blood of Jesus doesn't simply give me a good bath. The blood of Jesus will release my mind so I don't have to keep returning to dead works. 
Dead works like pornography. Dead works like losing my temper. Dead works like being impatient. Dead works like being full of pride. It it releases my mind because the Bible says in in uh, Proverbs oh, you, Proverbs uh, twenty seven twenty three verse seven as a man thinks in his heart. That's who he is. I need I need my thinking release from dead works so that I can be free, jubilee, to serve God. And then on top of that, after my mind is set free, it also says in Hebrews 9 verse 22, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Re meaning back and mission means to send. The blood of Jesus sends back sin. Turn your name and say, neighbor, you don't have to sin. You and I don't have to live under the power of sin. We don't have to allow sin to wreak havoc in our lives. The blood of Jesus, come here, Lady Carmen. The blood of Jesus gives me the power to stay faithful mm -hmm. to this woman. Amen. The blood of Jesus gives me the power to, to basically, when girlfriend comes up and says, oh, how you doing? The blood of Jesus gives me the power to say, you know, go back. <laughs> go back. <laughs> the guy, uh, 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 Patrick Barkley, who brought Elder Roy to PT, they went to Tufts together. I knew, you know, he's uh, uh, Reverend uh, Thomas Barkley's cousin, so we've known Pat for a year. And Pat and I, we used to always have this joke. When a fly girl used to come up to us, I mean, we're trying to live for God. We're in college trying to live for God. Fly girl will come up to us, and we would say, all right, Satan, take off your mask. I didn't hear any young guys say that. They're like, oh, keep wearing a mask. <laughs> no, 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 no. You want to, you want to be set free. You, you don't have to sin. You don't have to sin. Okay. Okay. Get rid of the, get rid of the theology of, 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 of uh, Flip Wilson. The devil made me do it. The devil is a liar. Okay. Okay. You don't have to sin. I know you see, see, they can't even get it out of their mouth. You, okay. We're going to help you. We're going to help you. We're going to help you. Look up to the heavens. Come on. And everybody say with me, I don't have to sin. I don't have to. This whole week called Holy Week is that I don't have to live under the domination of sin. That's what the blood is for. I want you to just take a moment right now and if you could just uh, lay your hands on the person next to you, you know, touch their shoulder or their hand, whatever you feel comfortable with. And I'm going to ask you that you would pray for that individual as we pray for that individual and, and pray that God will help them to use the blood of Jesus to get free to get free. We're all struggling with stuff, but I believe we can get free 
through the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on, why don't you pray right now? The blood of Jesus. It, I know we use the word cleanse to mean to get something clean, but if you look at the word to clean, it literally means to release, to set free. To set free. To set free. The blood of Jesus will set me free. It'll release my mind from a poverty mentality. Yes, it will. It'll release my mind from, well, everybody in my family is like this. No, 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 no. It'll release my mind. It'll release my mind. Well, you don't understand. This This runs in my family. It runs in the bloodline of my family. Oh, no, you got a new blood type. And it's the blood of Jesus. And Satan has kept us blind to the power of the blood. He has kept us singing blood songs that take care of the afterlife. Blood songs that basically say, when we get to heaven, it'll be all right. But the blood of Jesus can release us from the power of sin right now. And for some of us, this is just a whole new theology. It's a whole new teaching. We, we don't hear often enough that the blood of Jesus can break the power of sin and death. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. The same blood that kept Jesus from sinning throughout his 33 years on planet Earth, that same blood now runs in my spiritual life so that I can live for God. And not simply that I can live for God that is apart from sin, but I can actually serve him and do all the things he's created me to do. Oh, yes. I can be the man of God and touch other people's lives and live out God's dream in my life because of his blood. Heavenly Father, we thank you for speaking to us. In fact, I I thank you for speaking to me. Because the blood on your hands that you received through the nails that went through your hands, that blood is going to secure my peace. My peace with God. Lord, the devil has run rampant in our in our temples, that is our bodies. He's run rampant in our temple, that is our house where we live. And in some instances, he runs rampant in your temple called the church. But Lord, the blood of Jesus has been shed to put a stop 
to the devil wreaking havoc in our lives. Teach us, Holy Spirit, as you prophesied on Friday evening at the conference with the Holy Spirit. Keep us, teach us how to appropriate the blood for our lives. Oh God, teach us how, mm, teach us how to have a spiritual blood transfusion mm, so that we can be released from the dis-ease, the removal of ease from the enemy. Because you said in your word, your yoke is easy. Your burden is light. And right now, Lord, we're not feeling like things are too light. So break the power of sin. You said in your word in Hosea chapter 4 verse 6 that your people are destroyed because of lack of knowledge. Teach us, Holy Spirit, how to really, really walk in the effectiveness of the blood. We sing those songs, the blood that gives me strength. We sing those songs, there's power in the blood. We sing, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood. But Lord, really teach us. Really teach us how to walk in the effective power of the blood of Jesus in this lifetime on March 20th, 2016. Lord, that's what I ask for my life. I want to, I'm asking that for my life, Lord Jesus. And so, Lord, we honor you for your presence.